How's everyone doing? Good to be back. Hope y'all missed us. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank um, you all for praying for my dad. Um, he's doing much better. He's at Health South right now for rehab. So I just ask you guys to continue to pray for him. And also my grandmother, we just found out that she had a, a more severe form of breast cancer. So just can continue to um, lift her up. She got a long road ahead, a lot of chemo coming up. So just thank you for praying for my family. Um, if you have your Bible, please open it to Romans chapter 5. Um, there's one announcement I want to make. If you have not sent in uh, nominations for, officer for officers, uh, please do that. Uh, the last day is next Sunday, the 23rd. So uh, as a member of the church, that's one of the, the privileges that you have is you get to nominate your own officers. So if you have not sent that in to Cynthia, please try to do that before next Sunday. Romans chapter 5. Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay. That's what, you know, many believers are going to say and have been saying this month. But what does that really mean? I mean, it's a nice bumper sticker phrase. It rhymes, you know, reason, season. You see, there is a, a reason. There is a particular reason that he is the reason for this particular season. Do you know what it is? Here it is. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the reason. That's the reason why Jesus is the reason for this season. He came as light to this dark world. Centuries ago, one church father says, in the incarnation of Christ, the invisible became visible. You realize that, right? The invisible became visible. The incomprehensible, comprehensible. The one superior to suffering became subject to suffering. The word became man. Why Christmas? Why this particular season? Why did Jesus come? He came so he can do to sinful and fallen people what many of us have done to our homes this month. We decorate our homes. We put lights on it. So it looks beautiful at night. And when Jesus saves a person, that's what he does to us. He makes us beautiful with himself. And when this dark world sees us, it sees his light over us and through us. All that because of his finished work. These decorations are from Christ. These are gifts from him. They are what I call bling bling from the Father. <laughs> Do you have it? Do you want it? If so, open your Bible to Romans 5, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, 
because all sin. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death ruled from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sin was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. For the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through one man, much more would those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. As by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so that by my one man's obedience, the many would be made righteous. Please pray with him for me. Father, as I often pray, I pray this same prayer every week, and that is for your spirit to, to move. We need him to take your word, to apply it to our hearts, and you know where every family Every individual, every child, every adult is dealing with today our frustrations, our anger, our resentment, our loneliness, our situations. You know what we're facing. For you are God. You see all things. You see even the depths of our heart. And so we need your spirit to minister to each of us. We all are, in di- we all are dealing with different things. We all are in different places. And we can have the mask on if we want to. But you know, you see beyond the mask. And I pray that your spirit would go to the place that we really need him to go to this morning inside of our soul. And I pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. In light of the season that we're in, we're going to, like I said, have a new series that I call Bling, Bling from the Father. And it's, it's basically gifts that he freely gives to us through his son Christ. And today, we're going to talk about one of them and it's called justification. First, we're going to talk about our need for justification. We see that in verses 12 through 14. As we see, Paul says, this is one, just a, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man, death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. As sinful and fallen creatures, we desperately need this gift from God. Why do you need it? You see, because of it, because if you don't have it, you can't stand before him. Without it, you're not reconciled to him. Nor can you have peace with him without it. Without it, you're still under his wrath. Without it, you're still his enemy. Without this justification, you're still lost in your sin, enslaved to it. Without it, you're still in Adam. Think about that. Without it, you're still in Adam. Why is that important? Because through Adam, what came into the world? Sin came into the world through Adam. You see, these words by Paul in in verse 12, they they are calling us to to look back to Genesis 2 and 3. You know what happened in Genesis 2 and 3? The Lord gave Adam one command. 
One specific command. He told Adam, the Lord commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. Every tree. But a tree of knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat of it. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And we know Adam violated that command. He fell into sin, and death came into the world through his sin. So death spread to all people. Adam's fall brought the whole human race into a state of sin and minis- 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 misery and under the curse of death. Now, death was not part of God's creation in the beginning. This is what Christians know. We believe that. It was not intended, death was not intended to be part of our existence. It was not intended to be a natural course of human existence. When he created man, it's a consequence for rebellion. And death here is referring to both spiritual death and physical death. One believer says death followed sin like a shadow. It did. This is what we inherited from Adam, our first father, sin and death. And guess what? No one escapes it. No one can. The fall has fallen on all of us. Death has passed to all because all have sinned. Now, what does that mean because all have sinned? It can mean we sin in Adam because he was mankind's representative before God and all who descended from him are, are sinners. And it can also mean our own personal sin. I believe it's referring to both. Mm-hmm. Our sin in Adam and yet our own personal sin. In verse 13, Paul, he gives us a history lesson about sin. That sin was in the world even before the law came. What does he mean by that? He means that people were still sinning even before the law came at Mount Sinai. He said people just didn't start sinning after the law was given. (laughs) There was just no law written to call it sin. That's his whole point there. When he says sin was not counted sin where there's no law, he's not talking about people were sinless. He's saying there was no law given that called sin sin at that time. That came when Moses was given the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. And the fact that people were still dying shows that sin was actually in the world before the law was given. People were dying, dealing with the consequences of the fall and their own personal sins. And he says that they were sinning, not like the transgression of Adam, but sinning nonetheless. His point is that we all are in need of justification. Because we're all sinners and we have fallen short. We're in need of it. Who here has what I call a hindsight person in their group of friends? You know, a person whose great wisdom and insight only comes in a rearview mirror. After something happens, then they have all the answers. And here's how you identify a person. You know, if, if I was in charge of that project, Man, that would never have fallen. I would have saw all those pitfalls. Hmm, if I was pastor of the church, man, that would never happen under my watch. If I was coaching that team, if I was the offensive coordinator, man, that wouldn't have happened. We would have spiked the ball and not went for it. That's mine. If I was the director of the ministry, then I would have known all the things that should happen. Hindsight person... The experts after the fact. 
And many of us are hindsight Christians because many of us think if I was Adam in the garden, that wouldn't have happened to me. We honestly think that. If I was Adam, that wouldn't have happened to me. I would have slapped that fruit out of Eve's hand and said, no, we're not going to eat it. I would have cut down those trees so they wouldn't tempt me. And we honestly believe that we would have done things differently. I would have been what Adam couldn't have done. I would have made it. I would have said no. And then there are other, us, other believers who, who I call, it's not my fault, Christian, because they're like, Adam fell. It wasn't me. Why am I being punished for what he did? I wasn't even there, God. It's not fair. And here's what we have to understand about Adam, that he was a type a figure, a type of the one who was to come. Christ and Adam are covenant heads. What do I mean by that? They were representatives for mankind before God. And all their actions and their decisions have impacts to those that they represent. So you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. It's not about hindsight or, or if it's your fault or not. It's about who is your representative before the Father. It's either in Adam or you either in Christ. And only one of them gives you justification before the Father. The other one gives you condemnation. So the question is, who are you in this morning? Who is your representative before the Father? To get justification, you've got to have the right representative. In verse 15, Paul says, The free gift is not like the trespass. Paul is getting ready to show a contrast between these two, different, these two representatives. He's going to show you that one particular representative, what he offers you is much better than what you got from the first representative. The free gift or the trespass. Which one do you want? Which one do you have? Which one are you standing in today? From Adam, we get the trespass. As we have said, his fall brought sin and death into the world. And those who physically descend from him are marked by a sinful nature, a fallen condition. Many died through one man's trespass. Spiritually, we die. And also, there's physical death. Trespass here, what he's talking about with this word, is talking about the guilt and the consequence of his sin. It's pointing to the consequence of, of Adam's trespass on his relationship with the Father. What happened to his relationship with God when he rebelled? What happened? Broke off. Separated. A, a gap between them. And the Lord God brought judgment to Adam. The text says, judgment falling on one man's trespass brought condemnation. It brought guilt. Not just for himself but to all those who descended from him. By his disobedience, many were made sinners and separated from God. Not just separated from him, but we stand as his enemies. In Adam, we stand as God's enemies. This is what we get from him. We don't get bling, bling from Adam. We get bang, bang. <laughs> Sin, death, condemnation. And if you're in Adam, that's what you have. Bang, bang. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, man, Pastor Alex, this is supposed to be the marriage time of the year. Man, you're making the holiday season into a downer. Man, 
party pooper, man. It's supposed to be happy times. Are you talking about sin and death? Man, talk about something that's going to put me in the Christmas spirit, Pastor. Talk about peace and hope, joy, and little baby Jesus. Talk about that. Talk about those things. Maybe the problem isn't with the message. It could be you only live to have that spirit one month out of the year. It could be your problem. Or it could be we really don't know what this season is all about. Do you think Jesus came just so he can have a holiday named after him? Yep, I'm going to heaven, earth so I can have me a holiday. <laughs> Do you think that's why he came? Do you think the 25th, they're going to have birthday, birthday cakes in heaven for Jesus? No. Let's not forget what he left when he came in the incarnation. He left the place where it was Christmas year-round. And, and he entered into a world where a 20-year-old can go into a school and kill babies. That's the world he entered into. Make no exceptions. I don't care what we do to try to hide the fact that this world is fallen and broken. There are things that are going to remind us that this world is fallen and broken. I don't care how advanced we become or how smart we are or how intelligent we are. You're never going to escape the fall. And mankind has been trying to escape it ever since they failed. It's there. And what happened this week is a constant reminder we need Jesus. We need something. He entered a broken and fallen world that's filled with self-righteous and unrighteous people. The incarnation, he was not keeping up with the Joneses. He wasn't moving on up. When he came, he stepped down, people. It was a step down for him. A step down. Think about the nativity scene. That's all around Huntsville. That, that's one of the, 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 the most recognized Christian symbols of Christmas, that nativity. We have glorified it. When you think about that, that was him stepping down. Stepping down. It wasn't how far he had come. It's how far he had to step to save mankind. And it's fitting when you think about it. Mary and Joseph was forced to stay in the stable. And now the end, the place of the baby Jesus in the manger. You know why? In that little manger, we're not just a baby, but your sacrificial lamb, like an animal. Fitting to be born in a stable. Because he came as your lamb, who 33 years later was going to die for your sins. Make no exception, little baby Jesus was a lamb who was going to be sacrificed for your junk for your issues, for your sins. That's little baby Jesus. What happened when Abraham prepared to sacrifice Isaac? What happened? The Lord provided a lamb. Genesis 22, 14 says, So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mounts of the Lord, it shall be provided. That's what Christmas should be to you. The Lord has provided a lamb for your sins. 
On the mounts of the Lord, it shall be provided. On the 25th is a reminder of that for you. There's nothing else. The Lord provided a lamb who will atone for your sins. The Lord made a provision for our justification in his son, Jesus Christ. The free gift is not like the trespass. In Adam, we get bang, bang, but in Jesus, we get bling, bling from Jesus. It's much more. That's what that bling, bling comes from. It's much more than a trespass when we get in Christ. It's more supreme. It's much greater. The free gift is more effective than the trespass. Many died in Adam, but in Christ, grace overflowed to many. The free gift and grace is referring to God's saving act in Jesus Christ. His unmerited favor placed upon you because of what Jesus did. And the result of the free gift is not like the one man's trespass. Adam's trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift brought justification. What does that mean? Verse 19 says, It's by one man's disobedience that many were made sinners, so that by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Righteous. You see, justification is you being declared right with the Father, righteous before him, based upon what his son did, his obedience, his life, his death, his resurrection. What we just read. What is justification? It is an act of God's free grace in which he pardons all your sins, accepts you as righteous in his sight. Why? Because of what Jesus did. His work, his righteousness is now credited to you. He is the one that makes you right with the Father. He's the one who cancels out your sin debt. The only one. You can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. Buddha can't do it. None of these other things can do it. He is the only one. Jesus. <laughs> Romans 4, 25 says, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses, but he was raised for our justification. This is bling, bling from the Father's hands, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you treat it as such? Do you? That through Christ I'm accepted, made right. Or is it just empty words with no meaning? Jesus is one act of righteousness, not only leads to justification, but also to life. That we can rule in life through Christ. That means He has purchased eternal life for you. He has transferred you from the state of sin and death into a state of grace, mercy, and life. He has set you free from the power of of sin and death and condemnation. Now, I should be getting some amens here. I should be. Because that's good stuff. That's bling. That's bling. <laughs> and if you're inside about it, then you really don't understand what Christmas is all about. Or what you're actually getting when you give your life to Christ. Those things are no longer your master. Your chains have been unloosed. You're unlocked. Amen. And you not only that, you now have peace yes. between you and the Father. Yes. You're no longer under his wrath and judgment. You are reconciled. Reconciled. More benefits, more blessings, 
Now, how do you get this? I'm going to tell you, if I can find it. <laughs> Verse 17, if, one, if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through one man, much more were those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. You have to receive it. You have to receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith alone. Faith alone. You want the bling bling from the Father? Then you have to receive Jesus in saving faith. Now, I'm talking about knowing facts about Jesus. I'm not talking about knowing the Christmas story about Jesus, the fact that he was born of a virgin. I'm talking about when you surrender your life to Jesus. Not just on Christmas, but all your life, you surrender to him. You're resting and depending upon him alone for your sanctification and for your salvation. That is saving faith. Do you want it? Do you have it? It's a free gift that's offered to you. This is what Christmas is all about. God providing a lamb who would die in the place of sinful people. A lamb who bridged the gap between the holy God and sinful mankind. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never overcome it. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that Christmas is really a reminder of what Jesus actually came to do, that he is our lamb, the sacrificial lamb who will, who will die for our sins. And I pray, Lord, that we will give you praise for that, that you will constantly remind us, Lord, what Christmas is really about and what it's not about, and that what we have as believers in you, this justification is a wonderful thing, that we don't have to, to work to be accepted. We are accepted because of Christ and what he did for us on our behalf. Help us to know what that truly means. Help us to rest in that, Lord, this week as we go out about our responsibilities. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, and I pray you continue blessings over the work here in this community. I pray your protection over our families and all those who are going to be traveling this weekend. And I pray for all this in your son's name. Amen.